0: From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker and editor of the CQ Budget Newsletter. And with me today is CQ's Jennifer Schutt, who just spent an exceptionally long week covering the passage of the mammoth omnibus spending bill that will fund the government through September. Thanks for joining me again, Jen.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So finally, it's done. It came six months late, but we now have a funding package for the fiscal year that began last October. It sets total discretionary funding. That's basically everything except entitlement programs like Social Security and Medicare at $1.3 trillion. That's a roughly 10% increase over last year's level. But nothing about this bill was easy and that includes getting it signed into law. We had quite a bit of unexpected drama Friday when President Trump suddenly threatened to veto the bill that his administration had already endorsed. And then, of course, he signed the bill just a few hours later. So, Jen, what was that all about?
1: We're not 100% sure what that was about exactly. Trump said in his tweet, which came out last Friday morning, That he was upset the omnibus did not include a legislative solution for the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program. That is, of course, the program that allows certain people who are brought to this country as children without proper documentation to get work permits and applies deportation protections to those people. Trump himself ended that program last autumn and sort of kicked the ball over to Congress and said, you figure out a legislative solution for this. Congress was not able to do that, but it's been working its way through the court system so that March 5th deadline isn't as much of a hard deadline as it used to be. So Congress is mostly waiting to see what the courts do because those those DACA recipients are currently allowed to reapply for those permits that allow them to work and be protected from deportation. So he seemed frustrated with that. We know that Democrats were also frustrated that a DACA bill potentially with A path to citizenship has not come to the House floor for a vote. And it looked like that could have imperiled the omnibus spending bill. But he did, of course, sign it at the last minute. That bill includes a lot of Republican-friendly initiatives, such as a 10% increase in defense discretionary spending over the fiscal 2017 level. So he did sign it, but he also said...
0: "As a matter of national security. I've signed this omnibus budget bill. There are a lot of things that I'm unhappy about. But I say to Congress, I will never sign another bill like this again. I'm not going to do it again. Nobody read it. It's only hours old. To prevent the omnibus situation from ever happening again, I'm calling on Congress to give me a line-item veto for all government spending bills, and the Senate must end the filibuster rule and
1: get down to work. So what that means for fiscal 2019 is a little bit up in the air. Trump, of course, is not an appropriations expert. So we'll have to see what he really wants to do heading into fiscal 2019 and how willing appropriators and congressional leadership are to work with him on whatever those actual goals may be.
0: Well, so now that the bill is law... Sketch out broadly, who were some of the big winners and big losers in this deal?
1: Right. So with any bipartisan spending package of this size, you know, it was 2,232 pages, $1.3 trillion in spending. There was a lot of policy provisions in there. And so obviously the some of the big winners are the Department of Defense, right? Like they got a massive increase in spending. A lot of the federal law enforcement agencies got a bit of a plus up in spending. The FBI, in its constant drudge to find a new headquarters, got hit again. Lawmakers have not been happy with the plan that they presented back in February, so they are they are not allowed to spend any money to begin constructing a new headquarters. Of course, there's a little bit of Maryland Virginia rivalry going on there. The FBI was originally planning to go to the some of the DC suburbs, which would have put them in one of those states. And then in February, they said, "No, we're going to do it downtown. But there are still a lot of security concerns and, you know, cost concerns with downtown. So they need to get another plan up to Congress. The legislation did not include full funding for Trump's promised border wall. There's $1.6 billion in there that will allow for some construction. Both sides are debating who won and who lost on that. Most of that funding is for technology and replacing existing barriers. The only new barriers that would be created is 33 miles, and that cannot be any new structures, right? So, those prototypes that he very publicly toured cannot be used for this. It has to be see through, it has to be the existing barriers that. Homeland is already using. And he, so, was, he
0: was hoping for as much as $25 billion for a border wall.
1: Yeah, he wanted a lot, but that was, of course, tied to the DACA issue. And when there was no legislative solution found on DACA, everyone went back to sort of the drawing board on, you know, whether or not he's going to get that full funding for the border wall. He also did not get that sort of deportation force, if you will, that additional plus up in Immigration, Customs, and Enforcement agencies, and he did not get a big plus up in funding for immigration's and customs enforcement detention facilities. So none of those are going to be expanded broadly. People who were hoping to see broad legislative action on on gun control, on gun legislation did not get a win here. There were sort of some incremental steps forward made. The School Safety Act was signed into law as part of this omnibus that has a lot of different provisions in it and the very bipartisan Fix NICS Act which will help bolster reporting to the the national instant criminal background check system, which is, of course, when you go to purchase a gun in a gun store, that is the instant background check that that licensed gun dealer initiates with the federal government in most states to find out if you can legally purchase a weapon or if you're one of those prohibited people.
0: Right, but Democrats didn't get the, the universal background checks they were really hoping for.
1: No, and right. there's no language... Um,
0: fiscal conservatives weren't too happy with this deal either.
1: No, I mean, we knew when we got that spending increase back in February, that deal that increased fiscal 2018, non-defense discretionary spending by $63 billion and defense discretionary spending by $80 that the fiscal conservatives were not going to be happy with this. Um, because while the White House guidance to Congress was, you know, this is the ceiling, you don't have to spend all of it, it's Congress, they're going to spend all of it. And so we knew that that was an issue that was going to take place. And that's another issue that we'll be hitting in fiscal 2019 when that gets underway, because that two-year budget agreement increased non-defense discretionary spending for that fiscal year, which begins on October 1st by $68 billion and defense discretionary by $85 billion.
0: Yeah. So with this omnibus done, attention is quickly turning to fiscal 2019. I mean, Trump released his 2019 budget last month. And virtually nobody wants it to end up the way the 2018 budget did. So how are things really looking so far for 2019, and will anything really be any different?
1: There are a lot of factors going into 2019 that could make it the same or make it different. One of the things that will hopefully speed up the process is that we already have those top-line spending levels, right? And that's the thing that slowed us down a little bit in fiscal 2018. The lawmakers also are Yeah, that,
0: that did slow it down for months yeah. uh, last year, actually.
1: Yeah, it slowed it down considerably. So this time
0: you're saying we already know that the overall spending limits we have to work with. Yes. Okay, so there's a start.
1: There's no large policy issues that Republican leadership is working on that are going to take floor time and leadership staff time away from the appropriations process this year. So one of the things that when the Appropriations Committee last year was working on the fiscal 2018 bills is when Republican leadership was trying to repeal and replace Obamacare. That took up a lot of time. And then, of course, they moved on to overhauling the tax code. All of that sort of pushed back consideration and setting these new spending levels and mm. working on the omnibus. That Sucked won't...
0: up all the oxygen for... Absolutely.
1: For, yeah. That will not be happening. What will be happening is the midterm elections. And that complicates things a little bit because Republicans are, of course, trying to defend their majorities. Democrats are really circuit. Sur- searching out these toss-up states in the senate and the swing districts in the house and trying to figure out ways to get a Democratic majority back. And the reason that ties into the appropriations process is the amendments to the appropriations bills when they go to the floor, right? These can be very tough votes. And so that'll be another thing, is in the House, they have a very easy way to deal with this. It's the structured rule. All amendments have to be offered to the Rules Committee, and then the Rules Committee decides what goes to the floor. So it's sort of a safe debate process for the House. The Senate could be a little bit different. Weiner McConnell could, of course, prevent any amendments on the floor from being offered, which would be a very safe option for him. But that may cause some frustration with members of his party and the other party who want to offer amendments. So we'll see whether or not there can be a gentleman's agreement in the Senate to bring these bills to the floor. But just given the timing that we have only six months left until fiscal 2019 begins on October 1st, Even if we do a lot of regular order and there is a lot of attention put on the appropriations process, we are probably going to start with another continuing resolution that puts us past the midterm elections into December and that lame duck Congress. And then the choice everyone will have to make in that lame duck Congress, most likely in December, is whether or not they pass another omnibus or a series of minibuses or punt to the next Congress. And of course, what Trump does in that is anyone's guess.
0: Right, and if history is any guide, uh, we won't be done by September when the new fiscal year is going to begin October 1st. We will be looking at uh, more stopgaps, more delays, uh, possibly to next year. So 2018 spending is finally done, but the next budget cycle is already well underway, and you can count on CQ to be tracking it closely my thanks to Jennifer Shutt, our tireless appropriations reporter, for joining me again. Thanks, Jen.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: And thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your CQ budget tracker. We'll be back next week. Until then, you can keep up to date by reading your daily CQ budget newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or NPR One. And to find more on this subject and other budget news, visit rollcall.com or cq.com. Or find us on Twitter. The handle is at CQNow or at Roll Call. See you next week.